This morning I want to focus on someone who we don't hear much about in Scripture. Someone who did not let his friends and family change his mind about what he was doing that was right, that was honorable. Someone who could easily and lawfully divorced his wife or even stoned her to death. The law allowed it. And that person is Joseph, the father who raised God's son. What was Joseph like? Why was he chosen by God? What were some of the qualities that he had? The pressure that he must have felt on this particular day. The friends, the family, the neighbors, the town. The pressure he was feeling. They're all talking about him right now. Why him? Well, this morning I'd like to maybe answer some of these questions. I've entitled my message, The Father Who Raised His Son. The Father Who Raised His Son. We're going to look at Joseph and five excellent qualities that we could all have, that we could all work towards. And as we read this story this morning, I want you to put yourself in those shoes for a moment and think about the pressure that this young couple faced specifically Joseph, the situation that he finds himself to be in, the girl Mary that he loved, this, the girl that he was waiting for. He dreamed about marrying her and all the good things that come along with this. And, and, and she returns from a trip pregnant, and he knows the baby is not his. How would you feel? What would you do? Joseph stays. Joseph doesn't run. Joseph doesn't hide. Joseph doesn't catch an attitude. Joseph keeps the baby. Joseph helps to raise this baby. Not an ordinary baby, but he helps to raise this baby. While so many other men run and hide and flee and leave. But he stayed and he did so much more. And as we read this story this morning, we'll learn about the baby she carries. Is no ordinary baby. This baby is the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one, the one who's going to be the redeemer and the savior of the world, the only begotten son of God. There's only one of a kind like this baby. No one before and no one after that came after. He is only one of a kind. This is a special baby who is now being implanted by the Holy Spirit inside Mary. And Joseph's soon-to-be wife, I'm going to talk about that. What a story. What a special baby. But you know what? What a special man Joseph must have had been to stand and stay by Mary's side. And believe in her incredible story as well as his own. And yet that's exactly what Joseph does. Would you stand with me as we read this portion of Scripture? In Matthew 1, chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew 1, verse 18. You should have your handout, your PowerPoint. Well, your electronic gadgets, a Bible. Today we have many different things to help us get into the Word of God. And though it's not always paper anymore, it's the same 
scriptures. It's the same message. And this section is the birth of Jesus Christ. And this is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You should underline that in your Bible. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will, give, he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. This is a miracle. And the scriptures talk about this miracle. And if you look it up, there's prophecies that took place years and years before this ever happened. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to his son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, help us understand what type of father you are. Help us understand how much you truly loved us, O Lord God. You sent your baby, your son, to earth to live and eventually to die but then resurrected on the third day so we can live and have eternity with you, Father God, to those who believe, to those who receive this story and repent for their sins. Bless these words. Open up our heart. Help us to see you in these scriptures and know that you are God. Anoint this message, I pray. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Smile as you're seated. Many of us know and focus on the story from different points of views. Uh, Very often, the birth of Jesus is looked from Mary's eyes or through the eyes of the shepherds who came to see and worship this newborn baby who the king of the Jews Or through the eyes of the Magi who brought the gifts to a child. One coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said this child and his mother, and escape, and take this child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for this child to kill him. So we see from early on, you know, right away from the birth, Jesus is born into a very hostile world with people from the get-go who want to see him killed. 
So we have to understand this. Some of this is now going to follow him the rest of his life. But I want to go back in time, just a little bit before this happened, before the birth of Jesus, and look at this story, this love story between two young people, Mary and Joseph, who were planning a wedding. They weren't at this time planning the birth of a child. They were planning a wedding. When we go into this portion of Scripture, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph before they came together, before they had sexual relationships, before they had union. She was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. So for those of you who are married and who have gone through a wedding, for those of you who ever attended a wedding, imagine the joy, imagine the expectations, imagine the excitement leading up to that day. All the planning, all the preparing, all the excitement. Each day, as you're getting closer and closer to that wonderful day, you could just feel the energy. You could just feel the excitement. The wedding day excitements, the wedding day jitters. I can remember the day. I don't remember everything about that day, but I remember leading up to that day. And, some, you know, and it was just a wonderful, um, uh, amazing time. And the excitement increases and increases and increases. This is an amazing time in a couple's life. It's a wonderful time. And there is no difference today as there was for Mary and Joseph back then. The excitement was there. Mary would have been engaged uh, to Joseph. And we know from history, this is a formal binding agreement between the parents. Now this could have been done really at any age because... It's prearranged by the parents, not the kids. And I say kids because very often this was done as they were kids. You and you are getting together and we decided that before you. And that's just the way it goes. At around age of 12, age of 12 or 13, a young woman would be given to her husband, and this is called the espousal period. Now, Scripture doesn't get into much details here, it's believed that Mary would have been age 12 or 13 and Joseph would have been around maybe 19 or 20. They would have exchanged the vows and then the bride would live with her parents for a season, maybe three months, eight months, maybe up to a year. And this is a time of separation and they separate a bit from that relationship and even more getting ready for the next stage in their life. And this period would lap, lapse for about a year. And then the betrothed uh, period would take place, which they would actually be now married in itself. But during this time, to break this espousal would be considered a divorce. Because they were actually, at this point in time, considered legally married. Even though there was no union, even though there was no physical, um, they were physically separated, infidelity or adultery was punishment by stoning. This is a very serious crime, and it should be serious crime today too. We also should note that this espousal and betrothed, uh, very often in Scripture we see it as interchangeable from a legal marriage point of view, but not from a physical union 
point of view because there were different stages. In other words, they were not living together, you see? They were not physical with each other. And I don't think I need to go in more detail than that. I think you understand what I'm saying. There was no union. Again, all the excitement, you have to understand the excitement, the joy, the jubilee, the expectations, the dreams of a great life together. This is all good. This is all happening. This is all exciting. I want you to go there with them. This is an exciting time. Wow, this is my girl. I love this girl, right? This is an exciting time. And then she comes home pregnant. Oops. Now, if we're not careful, we just gloss over that. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Some would say this is crazy. I mean, you got to put yourself there. I've heard of excuses in my lifetime. This seems crazy to me on the surface. How many of us would believe this story today? I'm pregnant. You're not the daddy, the Holy Spirit. He did it to me. What? Look back and just understand what's going on back then. But we believe it today. I'm sure of it today. But I'm hearing it for the first time. Living through that during Joseph's time. This is hard to hear. This would make you stop in your tracks for a moment. Impossible, really, to understand. The emotion that's happening here. My girl is pregnant. And yet, this is where we find the couple during this time. Right smack in the middle of a dilemma and controversy. God trusted Mary. God trusted Joseph. With such a tremendous responsibility where most of us would have failed if we were in the same situation today. And while Mary is so often elevated to a high standard, and I understand why. There's songs written about Mary. But Joseph is so often forgotten. This morning, looking at the story from Joseph through the birth of Christ, and looking at Jesus's earthly father, Joseph. Verse 19. Because Joseph was a was her husband, was a righteous man, and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. And so the first quality I'd like to examine in Joseph is righteousness. Righteousness. Joseph was a righteous man. He loved God and he was committed to the things of God. His behavior was morally justifiable or right, often characteristic or characterized by accepted standards of morality, justice, virtue, and uprighteousness. Now, none of us are righteous, no, not one. The Bible says that. And there's only one perfect one who's God, who's Jesus the Messiah. His righteousness is perfect. But Joseph was a man, a very special man, chosen by God in this very hour to take a stand, a righteous stand, to hold the line, to face his accusers, to suffer the consequences, fear and doubt, and he wasn't sure about things. And yet, he does the right 
thing. God knew Joseph's heart well, as well as Mary's heart, and they're both chosen for this time, a time such as this. What would you do? How would you respond? I can't imagine how he felt. Has anyone ever broken your heart before? Has anyone ever let you down before? This is painful. This is a heartache. On top of it, what is your friends and your family all going to think? What about your neighbors? What about the town? It was a small town. His reputation is on the line as well as her. And his girl failed him. And he can't explain this. And he waited so long. Verse 20. But after he had considered this. Considered what? He was thinking and considering divorcing her. But he never goes through with it. Number two, the quality I like to examine is Joseph is a thinking man. This is true. He thought about divorcing her, divorcing Mary, the mother of Jesus that people put on a pedestal. He's going to divorce her. He thought about the consequences. He thought about the future. He thought about her future. He thought about his future. What are the people going to say? How's our future going to be right? Where is it going to go now? He thought about so many things. If she's found unfaithful, the people might kill her. The people might stone her. But he loved Mary with all his heart. He waited for Mary. It could be years. It could be decades. It's a long time waiting and dreaming. We put money on a hole before I even got married, just in case she was ready. And she's like, well, what happens if we don't get married? The money I lose is nothing compared to losing you, babe. It's true. And I didn't wait 20 years. I did, in a sense, theoretically. I waited and waited and waited. But you know what? We didn't have prearranged marriage. He did. She did. So it was years of waiting Years of excitement, dreaming about their future together. So he needed to pause. He needed to consider things. He needed to slow things down to process what was really happening. This is a wise man. The Bible says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. He slowed it down. He considered his next steps. Men, we we do well if we learn to slow things down and consider our next steps and don't jump to conclusions all the time and wait on the Lord for his perfect timing for discernment. He thought about his next steps. He processed what just happened. He considered his next steps. And while... He's doing this. And while he's praying, and while he's considering, and while he's being a a righteous man, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is supernatural. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place, the Bible says, in verse 22, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Praise God. When Joseph wakes up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. So Joseph is a righteous man, a thinking man, and now we see him as an obedient man. Joseph was an obedient man. He did all that the Lord commanded and took Mary home as his wife. Joseph's struggling what to do. He loved Mary. His reputation is on the line. People are going to mock. People are going to ridicule. His decision is going to face, is going to affect more than just himself. It's going to affect his family too. They will be disgraced too. They will be laughed at too. People will talk. And the list is going to go on and on. And we at times forget that these are real people with real situations, with real issues, just like we face today. Kids out of wedlock, fathers that take off, fathers that abandon their children, right? Abortions. And all the list that goes on and on that we can list. Will Joseph stand by his wife? Will he stone her? Will he divorce her quietly? Now, most of us know that a divorce is not a simple thing. It's not a quiet thing. It affects the family for a long time, sometimes generations to come. This is no different back then. Will he stay? Will he father this child? This is not his child. This is someone else's. Will he love his wife? Will he love this child? Do you really understand what's being said here? Do you really understand what Joseph is going through? So he had a pause. He considers what to do next. What would you do? But he heard from God. He heard from the angel of the Lord. He obeyed. Obedience is so key. Over and over again. People are looking for this magic thing. It's obedience. It's faith. It's faith in action. Living it out daily. Do believe in what you know to be true. Do you doubt or do you believe? And once you believe, once you come and say, I believe, will you go forward in faith and obey? Yes, this is hard to do. Yes, there are consequences. There are good and bad consequences in life. Some people you're going to win over. Others will hate you for the gospel. So what? Deal with it. This is life. There's a cost for serving Jesus. That's just the truth. Jesus is born in a hostile time, in tough circumstances. But imagine for a moment what would happen if Joseph would have stoned Mary, the mother of Jesus, to death. Imagine if he was impulsive, and said, it's not my child, go get an abortion. He would have killed our Savior. We can't just gloss over this portion of Scripture. What we do affects more than ourselves. How we live our lives, there are consequences. And it's more far-reaching than just ourselves. Joseph is obedient to God, even though his reputation is on the line. Even though others 
would not understand his decision, even though his friends and his family are not going to agree with his decision, with her decision, even though they're going to mock and it's going to stay with them for a long time, he stood by his wife. He's committed to her. Even when things look bad, that's your wife. How many men run? There's a problem in the house. Run. How many are unfaithful? My wife made a mistake, so now I have a right to be unfaithful too. No, you don't. How many just take off when the things get rough? Joseph stayed. He endured hard times, and he was chosen for a time just like this. We're born in a time and a season for us. And so you have a responsibility to do what's right and just, too. And you're given the same opportunities that Joseph and Mary was, to be faithful, to be obedient, to be righteous, to do the right things. You all, and myself included, we have opportunities today to do what's right. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to his son. And as we know in history, it says until gave birth to his son. So history in Scripture says that Mary and Joseph had children later. More children later through union, through the normal way. Not through the Holy Spirit. But you know the Holy Spirit is always active because a child is a miracle birth from God. Amen? Amen. That's weak, church. You're, you're here because you were once a child and you are a miracle from God. Because the Holy Spirit did something special in your mom and dad's life too. And so that makes you a miracle. You have to understand that. Praise God. What a time it was to be patient. He waited. He waited. Number four, Joseph was a patient man. He waited to have union with her. After all these years, after all this time, the time was so near, he couldn't even wait, in a sense. Like, it was like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. But he waited. Some men would have left because the wife said, wait. Some men would have quit because the wife had the discipline and the man did not. But Joseph had patience. Joseph waited. He endured. He resisted the temptations that's natural between a husband and wife. He's a good man. He's a righteous man. He's a man of integrity. He obeyed God. And Scripture shows that he has self-control. And when God is in your life, we can have self-control too. Don't yield to the enemy and say, oh, the devil made me do it. No. We can have patience. God's perfect timing. Don't rush ahead of God. Don't lack self-control. Be patient today. Be patient tomorrow. Do it in God's perfect timing. Ask God for help. Many of us can't wait to open up gifts. And some of us even peek and open it up and look. I don't do that. I never did that, but I know people who do. All right? Just wait. Wait on the Lord. Learn to wait. Learn to have patience. And pray, God, help me to have patience when I am weak. 
And when you do things God's way, you will guarantee to be blessed. But you know what? You are blessed because He gave you life, so you are blessed. You are blessed. Number five, Joseph is responsible. He's a trustworthy man. And in the end, he gets to name the baby Jesus. He gets to name the baby Jesus. He waited, and now God's going to honor him. And I know that people make mistakes in life, and we don't always wait. But you know what? Pray, confess, repent. God loves you in spite of the sin that we have in our lives. None of us are pointing a finger at anybody else. Right? I want to be clear about that. God did a work through him, and we find that he's responsible. He gets to name Jesus. He gets to teach the Son of God. He gets to teach Jesus about the Holy Scriptures. He gets to teach him how to be a carpenter. He gets to raise this child, not through his own blood, but gets to raise this child as his own. What an honor to be able to raise this child. He gets to set a godly example to Jesus as an earthly father to Jesus. I mean, you've got to get this. This is good. Walk with him. Talk with him. He was able to pour life into him. Joseph was teaching Jesus how to be strong in faith, how to, how to have courage in the midst of persecution, being born under persecution, being born where people want to see you killed before you even took your first breath. Let's kill this baby before he's even born. He will point Jesus to God. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Did life get easier for them now? No, not really. People are going to talk about him. They're going to gossip about him, make fun about Jesus. They will even have to put some of their own dreams and goals now on hold in order to have this baby. And they're eventually going to have to walk down a different path in their life that they originally planned on. Having a baby, especially an unplanned one, would do that for you, right? It's going to cause you to put certain things on life on hold. Wah, wah. That's what happens when that little one comes, starts crying. Your life gets put on hold. You're a parent now. You're a mom. You're a dad. And it's a beautiful thing. Amen? We need to start honoring our children. It's a beautiful, glorious thing. But it was going to be an inconvenience for sure. It's not what they planned for sure. It's not the dreams they had for themselves for sure. It's not what they written for themselves for sure. But God had other plans for them, and they were going to go forward by faith. They were going to be obedient to their calling. Amen? And he will listen, and he's going to obey the words of the Lord. And even Jesus... Things were hard for Jesus. If we went to the book of John, chapter 8, they make fun of his upbringing. He's a man now in his 30s by saying, who knows? We know our father. Where is your father? 
We're not illegitimate children. They're saying that to Jesus. I believe that they're referencing Jesus' father, Joseph. They knew the stories. It's a small town. They knew Joseph wasn't the natural birth father. It was a dig to Jesus. It was a dig to Joseph. People go into gossip about your sin. They're going to gossip about your mistakes. But this was not even a sin. This was righteous act. And they're still being gossiped about. They're still being made fun of. Right? They didn't believe that this was a miracle baby, a miracle child. They didn't believe that this was the son of the living God, the Messiah, who came down in flesh. So they questioned his deity. They questioned his authority. They questioned who he was. And in closing, when we think about this child's birth, this Christmas story, what do you believe? How will you respond? What can Jesus trust you with this year, this week, or even this day? Know that some are going to believe and others are going to doubt. Know that some are going to make fun of you just for believing the story by faith. But Joseph was not concerned about man. He wasn't concerned about his reputation. He really wasn't concerned about what other people had to say, only what God would say. And Jesus focused on doing the will of his Father, too, as we ought to do. We need to stop looking at everybody else and how people behave. And we need to focus on what we do and how we behave. That's our first thing. Are we aligned with Jesus? Now, we don't know when Joseph died and how long he had to live with Mary and and baby Jesus. We do know that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with both God and man. And Joseph had a great part in raising his son. Joseph was a special father who raised a special son. Joseph's son was a miracle, as all children are miracles. But this was a special child, the Messiah, deity. No one ever before was born this way, and no one ever after will be born this way. Jesus is one of a kind, the only begotten Son, the Savior of the world. And this gospel message of who he is, who baby Jesus is. This good news of Christ needs to ring clear and loud through Hamburg, through New Jersey, through the country, and through the world. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest, and on earth peace to men whom his favor rests.